We all have heard horror stories of how a remodel nearly tore a couple apart, as well as how impactful our environment can be on our state of well-being. Remodels don't have to end in divorce, and we can reflect our true selves in our environment with the right approach. Welcome to Psychotecture. My name is Rachel Melvald, and I'm a psychotherapist and designer. Psychotecture was developed as a methodological approach to ease issues that come up in design challenges, as well as the philosophy on how our environment can reflect our highest selves. Each week, I will interview an expert in the field of design and psychology to shed light on design challenges. I will also have a special series called The Psychotech is In, where I can offer help to those in design intervention need. Welcome to The Psychotech is In, the sensory integration series. We're gonna launch our series with color. Who doesn't love color? Because it's so overwhelming, I've selected some color experts who've developed their own assessment tools to make that process more accessible and approachable to the psychology of who we are. Our first guest, Laura Guido Clark, who is the originator behind Love Good Color, has developed her own assessment tool to make that process a more skillfully psychologically designed process. Without further ado, I welcome Laura. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hi. This has taken us a little while on my end to get this together, but I am so thrilled to finally be here with you today. I'm very excited, too. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners today, I'm just going to do a general introduction. This actually, for our our listeners, this is my very first podcast. And with this first podcast, it was really serendipitous that Laura came into my life. When I met Laura, I was researching the realm of color based on my business of psychotecture. And as you have been introduced to what psychotecture is, it's how we feel in space, what we feel in our environment, how we affect our environment, and how our environment affects us. So color naturally was was a terrain that I wanted to explore. And that exploration started about six months ago. I was at an art exhibition on the Bauhaus talking about color theory and its origins. And for our listeners, I don't know about you guys, but for me, as a psychotherapist and a designer, being able to understand this scientific and aesthetic field can feel very overwhelming. So when Laura came into my life, it really just bridged that gap in her business. And I will introduce her more formally, but the way she goes about color is to really have it in a relationship sense. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce Laura Guido Clark. And yeah, please just tell me about your background and your experience in color and the name of your business so our listeners can hear about it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. My business, my newest venture is called Love Good Color because I have this deep belief that color and love go together. I think it's it's really essential. It's like breathing and color is incredibly expressive. I began my career actually as an experienced consultant. And I used that word because I was always very interested in 
design and particularly color as a human experience, the way that it that it shifts our perception of space and the way that we feel about ourselves. And oftentimes what I found was that I was in many meetings with Fortune 500 companies and that we didn't really have a language for color and that there was always this disconnect. And so marketing would ask me to go speak to design and it made me realize that we were missing another dimension in color. And so I spent the last nine years researching color and coming up with an entirely new way based on the senses and neuroscience and making it easy to connect through color with human emotion. Because we do understand, and I know you know this well because your business is so much about this, how we want to feel. And so we are now teaching this new methodology and helping clients and designers navigate this world of color to make it far more fluid and far easier. Yeah, that's why I was so attracted to this new business that was born out of this need. I really like how you talk about the senses and a new dimension in psychology and in design it's often going through, I guess, another dimension in our own mind and bodies and our psyche is quite the exploration. But to really design a system that appeals to the senses, do you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Sure. More specifically? Well, one of the things that you realize is that when you only relegate color to sight, we have to realize that we're missing many, many, many things. One in 12 men and one in 200 women are colorblind. And that's just the entry of color through sight. I want to very much explain that color is a wavelength and it penetrates our skin. So we not only see color, we feel color. And in our research, what we do is we talk about how color affects all of our senses and how if we learn color through many different senses, we have a greater opportunity to not only enrich our spaces, but to also enrich the conversations that we have with our clients or with our coworkers. And that part of it is very, very important because we're not always seeing the same things. Yeah. So in essence, you're creating this language that appeals to various people trying to connect in color. And more specifically, like you're saying, somebody who is blind or colorblind, they're going to see a whole different spectrum yes. than somebody who is not colorblind or blind. And to describe color in that sense and we know that, you know, when we lose one sense, others heighten, which I find to be fascinating. No, that is fascinating. The human body is fascinating. And so when you start to think about color as multisensorial, suddenly it shifts the entire experience into something incredibly rich and holistic. And that's really what also attracted me to your approach because 
it is holistic, it's integrative. And as we know, in psychology, we're moving more into the integrative of mind and body. I was just in a conference all weekend on trauma and somatic embodied work. Mm -hmm. So to kind of go into this neuroscience of color really cuts us off, like you're saying. Yes. And this gives more of a full breadth of a system that I think ultimately, and as we kind of move through the interview, would really benefit a business or a client designing their home and picking which paint would increase their mental health because you're really giving it this vocabulary for people. Right. And it's based on human need. You know, the, the spectral world of color, Rachel, can only take us so far. What I learned very early on, and particularly in my nonprofit work, was when I asked the students what their favorite color was, it was very singular, and it wasn't a dialogue. When they say their favorite color is blue, I have nowhere to go. But if they can explain to me that when they come to school, they want to feel safe or happy or sparkly or relaxed I understand exactly what they need when it comes to color. It's a very different dimension. I think it's fascinating just how you even described that someone really wanting to come into a room and feel the state, right? It's like a state of being, which goes beyond just, I want to feel happy or, you know, I want to feel calm in my sleeping environment. And that, you know, that intention is good. But I think the dimensional approach to color is what really distinguishes your system more than others I've seen. And just, you know, in general, as you gave that beautiful example of someone going, I'm sorry, into a school. Right. And this is just a general question. And you might have answered it in some way, but why is color so important? Color is incredibly important because it actually is about self-expression. It is a human need. I mean, they've actually proven that there are forms of torture called white torture. So the absence of color is actually negates our human qualities. And what I believe is that color's power is exactly that. It's that it reminds us of our humanity. And I think that we need it on a very, very deep level. And it isn't just about beauty. It is not skin deep. It is actually, it goes into our soul. And so I believe that color is a fundamental part of life and self-expression. So it is far more than meets the eye. And that is why I've taken it into a multisensorial experience. And I even love that pun in a way. It is far more than meets the eye. You know, it's not just the aesthetic experiences. I'm looking at my blue wall in front of me, the sense of how in psychology, and I love that you just said that because obviously in psychotherapy and psychology, we're trying to help an individual or a couple or a family, what have you, to individuate into their truest self, their most authentic self. And me personally, in my practice, that's kind of my implicit goal is to 
really uncover the real self, the true self, the self that hasn't been able to be expressed for right various reasons that we've created our armor of defenses through our, our lives to protect us. So, you know, in psychotecture, really kind of taking those barriers off or taking that armor off mm-hmm. to increase who we are through our environment. I just get chills thinking of how you said it's truly about self-expression and just going through your process in itself can be a part of finding themselves. I find that to be so fascinating. Yes. I, well, that's what gets me so incredibly excited. And it's been very exciting in not only my work with clients, but in my nonprofit work, because oftentimes, you know, kids will, they'll talk about their ideas. But when we began to work in color, their eyes like light up and they have a certain way of using color to express themselves. And I have this one incredibly wonderful example about this little girl who was so shy and basically didn't say very much during this little class that I was teaching. And then when I asked the class to pick a color that best represents who they are in their hearts, she picked the brightest of all the colors. And so it was this wonderful way for me to see her in a dimension I never would have saw because she didn't say much, but she was saying a lot, you know? And so I just love that color said something for her that she might not be able to say with words. I mean, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful example of in a childlike state where maybe someone couldn't express that verbally or couldn't have the ego strength to shine their brightness, right? Yeah. That this was a safe way for her to do that and to give her that chance to express herself in that bright color. I mean, that's really beautiful. I love that example. When we go into, like you were saying, an example of how it, elicits our self-expression and even further, I mean, this is helping me kind of look at how art, you know, in various artistic mediums and color more specifically, it's like an embodied process in that way. It kind of cuts through, I guess it's like how trauma works, how trauma is so embodied. You can't always have a cerebral conversation around how one felt at a time of victimization or how one heals in trauma. It doesn't appeal to talk therapy as much. Exactly. And, you know, some of the things that I really want to study further are pushing the parameters of many different forms of how color can aid in in those kinds of conversations or communication, I should say because it's speaking for you, you know. And so for me, this is just, you know, the beginning of teaching and then wanting to take it to an entirely other level when it comes to facilitating. Right, because right now you developed this system 
more for businesses. It's more for business typically, or I guess this is a good question to get into. How does your business work or how would one find you in a typical, just somebody would want to access your services? Well, it's actually, I think it's very open to anyone who who wants to learn about color and wants to use color in a more meaningful and powerful way. If you went to our website, you know, lovegoodcolor.com, you can see that we're teaching classes. It's it's an hour and a half of a webinar, and then you come back on and we do a Zoom call where we take you through exercises. It's very interactive, so you really learn how to apply color in an entirely new way. And you get to kind of iterate and navigate. I find that those are very difficult things. No one is really taught how to navigate color. We learn about color theory, but not how to apply it with meaning and impact. And that's what this is all about is how to use it for meaning and impact. Yeah, that is exactly what I'm talking about in terms of the psychological process that I like to use with my clients in the design and psychology world is that what you're doing because I imagine color as you spoke to and, and I kind of moved too fast because I wanted to flesh this out with you more was how it speaks in powerful ways because that's a word I keep hearing with you and I think it seems empowering that we can use color in a primitive sense I suppose and I keep giving the example of trauma because not only does it just describes, I think, how our psyche heals in our mind and body. And so there's kind of this primitive side of how we interact with the world. And then there's this association we might put to things and experiences and relationships. And then we attach meaning to it. Can you speak on that more? Of course. I think the interesting thing about color and, you know, the way that you're talking about it as a communication or what I like to call an empowerment tool, because it is expressive of of our needs, our desires and who we are. Those are powerful ways to express and, and, and communicate as you as you discussed. But there are also many other layers of color that are important to filter into And these are the things that you're referring to. These are our personal experiences. I mean, how a color becomes a favorite color is it is the sum total of all our experiences with that color. It is why blue by far is everyone's favorite color, because it's hard not to associate blue with the earth and water and the sky and all of these things that have very positive connotations. And it is much harder to have a positive connotation about brown or yellow. And so it is why those fall farther down the charts when it comes to favorite colors. And then there are the personal experiences that we have with color. I refer to those as color memories because they're real. And when they are lodged in our memory, they're cellular memory. And the sight of those colors do bring up or elicit an emotional response. That's fascinating. I think like you're saying, there's a primitive connection to color, like you're saying like blue is connected to ocean and maybe motion. And and that's kind of in our 
primitive DNA just as much as like our fear of a snake coming up on us. Correct. And then the associations in our own personal life, like I had that blue room when I was younger that I'm, I'm still very connected to, right? Yeah, and if it's a positive association, then when that comes up, you will feel those things about blue. But if something negative happened, then that is a different story. And then there's the thing, you know, the primitive part of it that you're talking about is why we as humans, we see more shades of green than any other color. And it has to do with the early days of us finding, you know, and foraging food, you know, and having to discern all these different layers of greens. And so we do see more greens than any other color. Yeah, because that was in our early foraging days, that was and probably also our attraction to green, just it's life, it's verdant, it's growth, it's food, it makes us go towards it. So that is what we see a lot, like you're saying, what people will come up a lot for your clients is green. Yes, it's biophilic. I mean, it, it represents nature and life in the deepest form, right? And it's deepest, most, you know, breathing form. So those are very interesting things, but understanding what green makes us happiest or is expressing what we're trying to express, that's what we get into in our system. It's that it isn't just a spectral part of the world. Color is light. And so understanding the saturation and the brightness of color and the nuances of those meanings and why we're using them when we're using them and what that evokes that's what we're trying to teach because that has a neuroscience to it. That is a very real and deep foundational part of what we're teaching. Right. So the neuroscience really is we look at neuroscience in the lens of it's the biology. It's like nature nurture. It's seeing how a color has affected our brain and through time has kind of mapped in our own neurosynaptic networks, right? So, but the neuroscience, I think you unpacking it that way makes it much more digestible mm -hmm. to me. And I don't know if for our viewers is to say that it's, it's not like this scientific formula, like N4531, like in your, you know, if you're in a lab. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. It's tied to a sensory experience. It's tied to an emotion. You're learning it on a very holistic level. And therefore, you have a greater chance of remembering it and being able to discuss it on a much deeper level. And that is really, for me, so much of what was missing was the conversation and the dialogue and the idea that we were attaching it to impact and meaning you know, because it is going to affect our well-being. Color has a tremendous effect on our well-being. That is a given. Yeah, that is a given. And I think we almost, and I personally take it for granted, you know, especially just what you see in your day-in-day -day life and how it, how it does increase your well-being. So why not have a system like yours that really increases your well-being in an empowering way. I could imagine you seeing color work in so many powerful ways with your clients 
that we could also see color gone wrong in some ways, supposedly, or is that, you know, why even focus on the negative of color? Or perhaps it isn't really saying what you had expected it to say. And I think that's an important thing, right? Because it's going to speak before you do. And it's going to say something before you do. You can't always take someone through your space and tell them the story. They're feeling it already. And so that's why that association is so important, right? To get it right. And it isn't that right or wrong. It's about connecting it to the meaning and the impact. How can color serve you? It wants to serve you. And it is in relationship. And that relationship with other colors will affect its meaning also. So it's a very layered thing, but we've really boiled it down to something very easy to understand and to utilize. And I think for me, that was the most important thing was wanting people to feel excited about what they wanted to say, that this wasn't about me or my opinion. It had to do with unlocking color and giving people the power to do it for themselves. Yeah. And I think bringing it or making it a communication tool that it is color is accessible in the sense of giving it a language for somebody to express their highest self. It's accessible. And I think right now, you know, that's especially needed because, you know, we're in this time where our environments are more limited. We're more in our homes. Our senses are so overstimulated right now. Like trauma works, we're gathering all this information unconsciously and, and in our bodies. And for you to kind of make this communicative, I think that's really unique and needed right now. I don't know if you can speak to even using color in our time of COVID. <laughs> I don't know if that's too big of a question, but. Well, it's a relevant question. And the way I break it down is to understand what we need now more than ever. And we need the sense of comfort. We need a sense of safety. We need trust if we're going to go back into work environments. So this tool helps you to break those down and then to really apply color towards human values and human needs, which is so much easier than going through thousands of colors and trying to pick what you think is the right one. It's, it begins with you. It begins with what you need. And that's going to be very important. And I don't really look at this time, Rachel, in terms of applying particular colors, but the qualities of color that we're going to need. We're going to need a quality of depth. We're going to need some kind of softer, more ethereal quality to soften things up. We're going to need vibrancy at times to help us remember that we're still connected. So it's these qualities of color that I think we're going to need. And that's what's going to shift and change, not so much that we need more red or whatever that is. That's not the way that I typically think. I think more about the qualities of color. And then what is it that we really need and how will we connect those? 
Right. Because it's not as simple to say, yeah, add more red, add more blue to feel more tranquil. It would, well, not red doesn't really elicit tranquil for me, but it's the quality of color and the dimension of color. And I like how you speak to color in relationship to one another. Can you talk more about that? Sure. I mean, I think Albers was brilliant when it came to us understanding color and context, this idea that we could swear that two colors that on different backgrounds were different colors, but they're really not because color is contextual. And when you change those colors, it changes the perception of the same color side by side. And so I believe color wants to be in relationship, but we have to understand that as we play with color, it's shifting and changing according to how much dosage we give one to the other and where the proximity of one is to the other. Right. Like in a saturation, Mm -hmm. if a color is more saturated, it's going to have a whole different dimension of depth and mood to it or what it's going to elicit. Right. And seeing it, like you're saying, as opposed to another color is going to create a new meaning and connection to that color, that it's not in a vacuum. It is never in a vacuum. And I think that's really important unless you're going to enter a singular color room. And and if you are, you have a really good reason for doing that. And there are good reasons. I mean, it could be deeply potent. But I'm just saying you need to understand that that is the goal of that room. So that's why I was saying this makes it intentional. Right. And I think the key word is intention, because without an intention, we're kind of lost, right? (laughs) We're going back to the spectral world, right, of picking. Right. Designers, when we're picking, it's a losing battle because... We're not substantiating why we're there. And that's when our clients can question us. Why that color? Why are we doing? When you have a substantive methodology, when you're connecting it to your senses, when you're connecting it to neuroscience, it's steeped in a methodology that is is very substantive and it allows people to navigate in a very, very different way. You don't go back to the drawing board because your client says, I don't like yellow. You think, okay, we understand and we've locked in on what we're trying to say. Then we can shift along the spectral part of it, but we understand why we want this certain quality of color. And I think that that's really important. I think that's so important. And the way that you've conceived of the system to really understand somebody. I really appreciate it's about like in psychotherapy, we meet the client where they're at. And this in a design sense, I feel like really meets your client where they're at. Hmm, That's such a nice compliment. That makes me feel so happy because that's what I cared about the most was, was empowering people to allow them to express themselves in the most powerful way that they can. Yeah, because as you give color to me, and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, that 
if I were to go into, you know, a paint store and just look at the array and say, oh, okay, what do I feel connected to? Or what do I want this room to be? I would be so overwhelmed. And it would almost like I would say to clients, you know, in therapy, it's like flooding. It's that overwhelming, I think. That's such a good analogy because you would never meet a client and just say, you know, tell me every memory you've had from the time you were born. That's what it's like when you are in front of 1700 colors and you're trying to move through all of these very complex, overwhelming systems. You have a way in therapy of like you said, meeting the client where they're at, of unpeeling things and understanding it to get to where you need to go and using your intuition to guide that. And when you present someone with that many choices, it's far too overwhelming. Most people can't navigate that. Yeah, no, but Laura, I really find that to be validating. I feel like this hasn't been talked about. You know, I always felt like color is great. It's beautiful. It's a spectrum but it always felt so overwhelming so I think you kind of validating what a field it is to go into for somebody and to really help individualize that approach I don't know it's just very calming and empowering and I'm wondering as you've seen it work in powerful ways given that psychotexture we look at how we improve relationships with design oftentimes you know, I'll go into couples and remodels or, you know, looking at a family system, looking at how they're designing a home. What are some good tools for clients to kind of gauge their connection to color and to mediate these design decisions between more than one person? You know, if they have conflicting ideas in a room or I don't know if you've had an experience in your own business with that. Oh, no, many. <laughs> <laughs> I typically work on product, you know, and showroom and designs like that, but mostly product. But on the occasions when I did work in, you know, and I do work in the nonprofit in environments very, very often. The most important thing is to get the clients aligned initially through communication. These this that's why I, you know, created a communication tool because Once you align on that, and there are ways we take them through these exercises and have them align, once they're aligned, then it becomes actually joyful and playful because there are many iterations. This is not about a prescriptive approach at all. I think that's the thing that's exciting to me. But to get to that point, to actually have a tool to get you to that point and to have an open dialogue, I think that is what makes it so important. And to your point, you measure, you know, success, you know, in terms of reaching those goals as you're going through with your client together, we do the same thing. We're measuring our success by taking the intention that we have and all the spaces that we've done or in products that we've done, and then measuring them post execution and seeing how aligned people are with that meaning. And I think that that's important because once you say, oh my gosh, this is how I wanted to feel and this is how we feel, then it becomes an even more validated system, you know, and we have case studies that we're working on and some that we've already published to that effect. 
oh, wow, that's great. I couldn't resonate with this more and how you come to this result, right? It's almost a little empirical or? Yeah. Okay. Can you speak more to some of these published results going on around how you use the system with color or different people and results that you're, you're publishing? Some of the ones that we're working on, I'm under NDA, and so I really can't talk about it, but we're working on some very large projects, you know, where we are the tool and the selection process for huge facilities, and we've broken them all down, and we'll we'll go in post-occupancy and test. But we've worked in different things with clients who worked on a textile collection. We have a really wonderful interview with Joseph White. We have Box Studios in Chicago and in Colorado, who worked with the Nurses Association and worked with them to end the system. And they were incredibly happy because they felt that the color system allowed them to get to a decision in a much shorter period of time. It was much more fun in that it expressed exactly what they wanted to say. And it actually spawned new ideas for them. So, you know, we have those actually on our website. We have a blog and we do a lot of things with color and science and color and communities, you know, and we do case studies. So it's just something that we think is very important as we're building this this world of color to to really substantiate it. Yeah, I think this is wonderful that you're creating more of this like you're, it's a tool, but it's a tool that can be reliable, right? Yeah. That's what I'm hearing more. It's from my understanding of research that it's becoming more of a reliable tool that you can bring to various businesses to really achieve design results that are not only what they wanted, but even bringing it on another level of expression or result that opens up different worlds for them. Exactly, Rachel, because it's one thing to do the the research beforehand and to have everything, like I said, an underpinning of science and the senses. And then it's another thing post-occupancy to actually validate it. Yeah. Those are really important things. To post-occupancy validating. So you're researching once the color system has been applied, let's say if it's a healthcare setting or a interior design business or furniture manufacturing company, that there would be a post-analysis Correct. as to how. Okay. Wow. That's great. I didn't know that. That's really taking it to another level of research. Not on all projects, but on select projects, you know. Well, I think it's bringing the personal to the collective. And I think that's why your system was attractive to me because we look at the individual in a collective system and like you are speaking to color as a collective experience as as we're very much more attuned to the collective right now, but to systems. And it's, really interesting how you bring it to the systemic level. And so, you know, I could talk about color with you all day, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) I think what we're getting at is the humanity of it. It all begins with us, right, as people and our needs. And so our approach is 
is to take that into deep consideration as the beginning. And for me, when you start with color first, you're leaving out an essential part. You know, it's really important if you have an intuition about a certain color, I always want to validate and respect that. But I also want to understand the human emotive underpinnings of it, because that's where we can have a very good conversation. That's right. And I think color, as I've been in this trauma experience or (laughs) trauma experience, trauma workshop, but you know, I've experienced trauma, that it's such a great language tool, communication method for clients and couples to really transform themselves. I find your color system to be transformative because as we've said through this interview, and just to reiterate it as we're winding down, that it's taking account of our emotional embodied life and to honor that and to value that is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. And to express that in our environment. Yeah, that we look around us and that we truly feel this is it's a reflection of who we are. And That is, like we said, the ultimate expression, and everyone wants their homes and to some extent their work to be a reflection of some part of them. And that's a beautiful note to end on because as your system speaks to and psychotexture speaks to, it's creating the true authentic reflection of who we are in our environment. And I'm just so honored and privileged you have met you. Oh, I feel the same about you. Thank <laughs> you so much for wanting to interview me and to give me the opportunity to talk about something I'm so deeply passionate about. And you can absolutely tell it's so tangential when you talk about it, Laura. And, and we're going to give our viewers, with your permission, your contact information or website. Oh, that's wonderful for anybody that would like to contact you. So we'll be sure to include that. And just thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and coloring our world in a a beautiful way. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so grateful. Take good care. This is Psychotecture by Rachel Malvald with coaching, consultation, and psychotherapy offered virtually and in home throughout the Los Angeles greater area and nationally. We work to ease design challenges to create transformative habitats. Thank you, and we look forward to the next episode and your questions, so don't forget to subscribe.